0: Venerable Master, Dharma friends, welcome to our Sutra Lecture. This is December 22nd, uh, the year 2012. We made it. We're here safe and sound. The world didn't end yet, but the 22nd is not over. So are you walking on thin ice? Are you pushing your luck? Um, it's still the uh, officially the end of one cycle. But as someone reminded us today at lunch... Uh, Ends always lead to beginnings, so it is the beginning of the next cycle. So congratulations, we're here at the very beginning of the age of Aquarius, or however you want to call it. So, in fact, there were no cataclysms so far. Knock on wood. Any other superstitious gestures you can do to make sure we make it through the next three and a half hours, right? Four and a half hours. So, uh, December 22nd, 2012, we're here in Berkeley, California, and we're looking into the Flower Garland Sutra, the Ten ten Grounds chapter, the Shri the Ten Grounds, Ten Stages. And we're going to start the way we usually do by um, invoking spiritual presence here. It's on the front cover of your text, if you want to follow along, please do. It's right here, name of the sutra and the buddhas and bodhisattvas who speak the sutra for us.
1: Namo <laughs>
0: turn to the page 6 and 7 the last pages on your booklet 6 and 7 spare set here if anybody needs one if we're running out I've got an extra we're down at the bottom paragraph give you a line in the Chinese and you follow along. Fu Zhu Pusa Chu Tsu Di Su Di. Pusa Ju Tsu Di Su Di. Guan N Shen. Shun guan Qin Yong N Shu. Chu Shu Jin Tanyo. Chu Shu Jian Tanyo. Guan Wai Shen Shun Shun am sorry, 关内外生, 关内外生, 孙神观, 身神观, 清永念之, 清有念之, 楚世间谈忧, 楚世间谈忧, 楚世 Okay, over to the right. Let's read this all together in unison. We'll just read it uh, with one breath. Here we go. Ready? Disciples of the Buddha, the Bodhisattva, who stays upon the fourth ground, looks closely at his own person. He invokes the contemplation of the body, diligently and courageously faces the truth, and rids himself of the standard worldly greed and concern. He looks closely at the world around him. He invokes the contemplation of the body, diligently and courageously faces the truth and rids himself of the standard worldly greed and concern. He looks closely at others. He invokes the contemplation of the body, diligently and courageously faces the truth and rids himself of the standard worldly greed and concern. starts out by saying, are the disciples of the Buddha, this is a standard greeting. The person who is speaking is a bodhisattva whose name is Vajra Treasury, Jingang Zhang Pusa, Treasury of Vajra. Vajra is a substance that is like diamond, but it's not diamond. It's a spiritual substance. That is to say, beyond science's realm. Uh, and yet, it's, uh, we have things in the world that are similar. So we kind of have a sense of what it is. Vajra. Sometimes translated as adamantine. Very hard, and able to cut, and pure as well. So his name is Storehouse of Vajra, Treasury of Vajra. That's the Bodhisattva's name he says disciples of the buddha pusajutsu when the bodhisattva stays here on the fourth ground and the fourth ground is like a uh, it's kind of the way we we do high school right or college do we do we live in college do we dwell in college yeah temporarily we do we we move through it's a place where we uh inhabit for training in the fourth stage, the fourth ground is just like that it 's a training ground it 's a place where we learn things and then uh, graduate once we 've absorbed the lessons there. so as the Bodhisattva drew as he stays here on this fourth ground, he does something, and there 's a pattern here, and this pattern repeats three times you 'll notice people who who were uh, sensitive to the Chinese or to the English, you saw the same set of words come back three times and this is certainly on purpose and it tells us remember uh, if you were here a while ago uh, two or three weeks ago, we launched into this fourth ground and learned what it's about and I'll give you a, a synopsis of what's where we are at this point. The, uh, this bodhisattva in the third ground in particular looked around at the world and he saw things breaking apart. He saw how things are, uh, don't last, things are transient, they're moving through, they uh, we got some seats in front, don't be shy, come right down, got books for You, you have to climb over some folks to get there, but they don't mind. He looked at how things in the world are passing through, they don't last. And uh, he saw that the, uh, at his stage of wisdom, he or she, mind you, this is gender neutral, is able more than he did before to let things go. He's more detached from things in the world. And as a result, he keeps his balance. She keeps her balance. When things break up, it doesn't hurt as much. As it used to, because this bodhisattva has looked closely, clearly at the nature of things, and the nature of things is they're made up of parts. Everything in the world, this bodhisattva's wisdom shows him now that everything in the world is component. It's a component. It's just like the keyboard on your computer. If you don't have a keyboard, you can't operate, no matter how fast or what a beautiful monitor you have. If you don't have a keyboard, you can't operate it. Keyboard's a component. Uh, A mouse or a trackball is a component. You need that to guide the cursor, the mouse, the, uh, the thing on the screen that lets you click things. So without these pieces, you can't operate a system because they're components. You take one away, and without that component, things don't work. The Bodhisattva looked around and said, you know what, everything's like that. Everything, everything, everything is like that, including my body. Health is like that. Take away one component, get it out of balance, and suddenly you're not healthy. So that was his insight. He saw through the surface of things down into, into the world around him, around her, and, of course, one of the first things that came up for review was the human body. The human body is very much a component, component object. It's made up of other things. Um... The Buddhists have a technical jargon term for it. They call it the uh, it's they say if you do it word for word it's falsely composed of the four elements. 色大假合 The the it, it, you could more colloquial English would be temporarily composed of the four elements. Provisionally built of things that are themselves transient So the bodhisattva saw that and thought, wow, you know what? I have learned to kind of balance in the midst of that, but most of the people around me, people who I care about, people I know, people who are my relatives, my my loved ones, they don't know that. And when things break up, they can't let go. And that really hurts. It really, really, really hurts them. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? said the Bodhisattva, what am I going to do? So the answer was, find a way to help them. Find a way to teach them how to let go. And uh, don't be shy, just grab a chair. There you go, We know how to do it. What am I going to do? I'm going to find a way to teach them how to let go. That was his answer, that was his conclusion. What was the way, how you do that? Well, the answer is the Buddha Dharma. The Buddha Dharma, the Buddha's teachings, is the way. And so um, he decided he was going to, she decided she was going to go learn the Buddha Dharma. How do you do that? Well, you need a teacher. Got to go find a teacher. So that was the challenge. That was where we left the third ground. I'm going to find a teacher. The Bodhisattva said, I will give anything, anything, as long as I can really learn the Buddha Dharma from somebody who knows it. If, if we get more folks tonight, start lining them up down the side. Okay, we, we're, there's, this, this, we're officially illegal because there's no walking space in the back, right?
2: If there's a fire, you've got to go out this door,
0: not that one, because you can not go out it. All right. So um, the Bodhisattva said, where am I going to go? I've got to find a teacher. So that was the challenge. And uh, it, here we are now in the fourth ground. And the Bodhisattva has decided that he, she will give up anything in order to learn the Buddhist Dharma. So he's now on the search. And we've just begun. This is the beginning of the fourth ground. And what the Bodhisattva has come on to is the techniques, the methods, the actual how-to, the how-to of learning the Buddha Dharma. And it involves... Interestingly enough, something that people don't expect right off is lists. Lists. The two of this, the three of this, the four of this, the five of this, the six of this, the seven, and so forth. Up to the the uh, 75 dharmas of the Sarvastivadins, the 100 dharmas, Shastra, the, the uh, 10,000 Buddha's names, all these lists of dharmas. And there are scholars, they're one of the Famous Buddhist scholars uh, propose that actually the Buddha Dharma, what we call Fofa, right? The Buddha Dharma is simply lists methods that worked, things you could do. Um, we, um, We go see doctors and we come in with something toothache, right? Cut on my toe a rash, we have an allergy, the doctor goes, oh, this. You go, wow, it worked, it was great. The doctor knows more than one cure, though. The doctor has all these cures for all these different problems and maladies. In fact, if you want to take the, uh, the certifying exam to be a Chinese doctor... In the an in, in acupuncturist here in California, you better memorize. You have to memorize all these points, right? lists. So doctors know lots of lists. The Bodhisattva has to learn lots of lists of Dharma because indeed he is going to become what you call a Dharma physician, the Buddha's name is the great king of healers. So that's where we are. That's our synopsis. That brings us right up to speed. This is the first one. This is the first one. The rest of the fourth ground is just a series of lists of dharmas. They really work. The, the Bodhisattva has to master them. So there we go. Pusa, chu, si, di, di. When the Bodhisattva stays here on the fourth ground, he's a, they're ten, so this is probably his sophomore year in the ten grounds. What's our verb? Let's let's do our our linguistic analysis. Okay, what's the verb? Guan. Guan, first one. Guan is looking with the mind. We learned that because the last couple weeks that's all we had. There was just last week. If you look above on the page, there were ten guans. Right up above, we just went through ten different kinds of guan. That's guan as a noun, a contemplation, a thing. It's a way of looking. Now the bodhisattva uses the guan as a verb, which is he contemplates, she looks, nei shen. The words, word for word, means in the body or the body's interior. But here, The way it's built, because this happens three times. Notice, guan nei shen, down below, guan wai shen, down below, guan nei wai shen. We have three in a row. And it doesn't mean inside the body, outside the body, inside and outside the body. Although that's grammatically what it says. What it means is, the Bodhisattva looks at himself. She looks at herself. She looks at herself and what does she see well shunshang guan the according with the he contemplates his person and the according with the body contemplation that's the noun using guan this is a technique the contemplation that accords with the physical body. Qin Yong Nian Zhi, four characters. Qin, strongly, with strength, diligently, vigorously. Okay. Nian Zhi, Nian is mindful. Hey, Valerie, since you are right there, would you turn that box off? See the switch right there in the box? Just click that off. The one, and the other one, in the back. Yeah, right there. Thank you. Qin Yong Nian Zhi, diligently, courageously Nian, keeps in mind, thinks of, recalls Zhi knowledge. All right. Notice that occurs three times tonight in all three of these contemplations. What is the Bodhisattva doing? The Bodhisattva is facing up to the truth. Why is it courageous? What's wrong with the truth? Well, it's hard to face. What is hard to face? The truth of the body that the Bodhisattva is looking at. Bodhisattva is courageously looking at himself. Now, it does include inside the body, but it's much more than that. It's more than that. Okay, I picked up this. A minute ago. This is the morning chanting from the Pali tradition. This is the Abhaygiri morning chanting book. The uh, monasteries of Ajahn Cha, the English language monasteries, use this. And following the, the daily chanting, there are There are contemplations that you can use on the right day, depending on where you are. Um, The metta-sutta, the famous metta-sutta, this is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness. That's one of them. But there are more. There's more. There is one called the recollection of the 32 parts. Which 32 parts? The body's 32 parts. This is the Shunshan right here. And it's part of the daily chanting of the Pali tradition. The Mahayana has a different way of doing it. But this is part of every monk's daily training. And nuns, why? Because one of the things you do when you leave the home life, when you go forth from the householder's life and become a monastic, one of the things you do is you change your way of looking at things. You change your view. And I'll give you one concrete example. If you're a monastic, you spend very little time in front of the mirror. Not much time with your hair. Your budget for hair cream products is slashed. You don't spend a lot of time in the aisles of the drugstore. Thinking, I think a little bit of orange tint might be nice this season. right?" right?
1: Or oh, oh,
0: looking at the gray, a few more gray. So a lot less, much less than before. Brill cream a little dabble do ya? Brill cream you look so debonair. Brill cream the gals will all pursue ya. They love to get your fingers in your hair. <laughs> Their fingers. Okay, am I the only person who heard that live? I think so. I'm one of the old me David, if you weren't here, I would be the oldest person in the room. Can you believe that? Brill cream, a little dab will do ya. Brill cream, you look so debonair. Why do monks shave their heads and nuns? Because of the third line Brill cream, the gals will all pursue ya. They love to get their fingers in your hair. Ooh, it's so greasy. I love it when it's greasy. Right? So, guess what? We bought brill cream. You bet we did back then. For sure. Because why it was advertised right there on the TV, and we all know that the TV doesn't lie. So that was one of the earliest ads, Brill cream. It was hair grease, you know. And sure enough, I wanted the girls to pursue me like any other normal teenage hormone-laden adolescent, you know. So, and when you leave home, you go. I think I'll, a little less of that. It's fine, thank you, you know. So that's the normal view. When you leave home, you go. I got to look at my body differently. So this goes, one thing, and your view of it goes. What's wrong with hair? Nothing. Hair is very useful. It's lovely, you know. It's just that it is certainly a defining sexual characteristic, gender specific, right? And so if you can do without it, it really. Boy, when you shave your head for the first couple months, six months, year, it feels funny to not have hair on there. It's funny. You have to get used to that. And there is a time when it kind of sets in. That you feel better without it than you did with it. For sure, there's less hassle. You never have a bad hair day when you're a monastic. Right? That's, you never have to struggle with it. You don't go to barbers. Uh, so, that's still superficial, isn't it? What about going deeper into that? I am ko... Co- this which is my body from the soles of the feet up and down from the crown of the head is a sealed bag of skin filled with unattractive things. Now, how long ago since you had dinner I should be aware of that before I chant this. Because it's it's kind of hard to take. This is not simple stuff. And to assume it is, is you're not paying attention, right? This is deep stuff. And it's given to monastics to chant. That's how powerful... This is not given to lay people to chant because it's... This is given by the Buddha as a shun Guan. This is right, what the text is talking about, what the bodhisattva does, in order to get in there and mess around with the roots of my understanding of who I am. Because who am I? Most of us will say, I am this thing. This is me. This is me. And why not? I mean, it is. This is Without it, who are you without it? Well, that's the question, isn't it? So... And mind you, easy for me to sound so bold talking about it, but how attached am I to this thing and the appearance of this thing? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? It goes slowly, those attachments. They loosen up slowly, bit by bit. So when you go down and you say, In this body there are hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin, flesh sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, membranes, spleen, lungs, bowels, entrails, undigested food, excrement, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, spittle, mucus, oil of the joints, urine and brain. This then which is my body from the soles of the feet up and down from the crown of the head is a sealed bag of skin filled with unattractive things. Right? You go, wow. That's strong medicine. And when you look at yourself that way, it's hard to see yourself any other way. That's why it's not particularly given to lay people to, to recite or contemplate. Now, reciting at once is no harm. I haven't messed you up in front of the mirror. Don't worry. So, um, so you say, no, no problem. I don't care about that. But my, my wife, my, my husband, you know, it's like, what if you start looking with those eyes at your spouse? Trouble. Right? It's not that doesn't help. It's hard enough to stay related if you start looking at the entrails of your spouse, you know. So that's why this is not simple. And I I'm giving it to you that way so that you understand that with the I did I read that advi with advisal you know, kind of cautioning that um I'm not here to tell you to look with x-ray eyes at your loved ones. Now, if you're a doctor, you need to do that. To put everything back in harmony and balance. If you're a monastic, you need to look at that world that way, bit by bit. Not in a hurry. Last week and the week before, we talked about the, the nine contemplations of a decaying corpse. And how slowly, cautiously... Uh, the teacher guides his or her student towards that contemplation it's not a sudden thing because it changes you and if you do it carefully if you do it with wisdom what do you see? you see things the way they really are not the way society has given them to be In our culture, death is hidden. Illness is it's hard to avoid, isn't it? Because we get sick and we recover, we get sick and we recover. Birth is interesting. We have a war on against midwives for people aware. Epicenter of the war against midwives is Santa Cruz, California. It's very interesting. Uh, Midwives, doulas, is a should be a choice for a woman. It's not in some cases. There are doctors who will advise you against going anywhere but in the hospital under their care. And mind you, I mean I have deep respect for the medical profession. But America's infant mortality rate is way, way up on the list. I know a midwife in Santa Santa Cruz who has given birth to something like 1200 babies and lost one, because it came out with the cord around its neck. it had died in the womb, never lost. And yet she was thrown in jail at one point for not for disobeying the American Medical Association against her own judgment. And she was later proven right in court. Uh, so how funny. We hide the basic processes of life. We prefer to cover it and look at the way it isn't. One example... Has anybody ever been to Benares, to the Ganges, and watched how another culture does death? It's sobering, and yet it's liberating at the same time. I'm talking about India, where corpses are burned, and then... Lovingly, spiritually, in a sacred way, return to the earth, to the river. And when those flames lick around the ribcage, boy, you go. Why? Because we connect immediately. That's me. That's me. Right? And yet our culture does it so differently. You know? Not to say good, not to say bad just to say, look how different. Now, the culture of India, the Indian civilization, has been intact in a straight line for how many thousands of years? Thousands of years. They say that the city of Srivasti in the Buddhist time, let's say Benares, the city of Benares, in the Buddhist time was so old that it smelled for miles. I've heard 60 miles, but I even find that hard to believe. That 60 miles from Benares, you could still smell it before you got there, because it was so full of life, right? Now, it was in the Buddhist time, 2,550 years ago. So, it's an old civilization. People have been around a very long time, In that place and the way they look at these fundamental processes that are inevitable is I don't want to say mature because it sounds like a judgment but our civilization has been around for several hundred years and we have a lot of things to learn we have not got things figured out to that extent so I'm thinking that our way of doing it is not really sustainable and the the word denial is a hard word, but we are very much not wanting to look at the natural processes of life. So when we're going, you know, hair of the body, hair of the head, teeth, bones, sinews, that's a shocker. And it took me years to actually hear those words. And connect that the thing chanting those words is hair, bone,, sinny, you know, tongue, teeth. It's so ironic because it's us, it's not "other." The Bodhisattva is going, "Yes." That's why it is "chinyung." Yes, has to be courageous looking at this. And if there are young I know there are some young folks with us tonight, young guys, girls who might, you know, this might be hard medicine, bitter medicine for young people. Maybe not. Maybe we can just visit India tonight. Don't even have to say India. We can visit an older, wiser civilization than ours. Because I honestly don't think our method of hiding it is wise. Just the resources it takes to hide death and the fact that you have to go through obstacles to have wise women give birth to your child. Should not be the way. So, uh, that's why it requires courage. How interesting, right? Here's the bodhisattva. What does it say? He, she invokes the contemplation of the body, diligently and courageously faces the truth, and rids herself of the standard worldly Greed and concern. Those last two words, tan, yo, two first tones, tan, yo. Tan is greed. That's one of the first, the poison. Yo is worry, concern. Why worry and concern about the things that this contemplation gives us? It's the Bodhisattva wants to rid himself of that because it won't help set him free and he won't be able to pass it on to others. Without worrying about it, we're definitely going to come to the end of our lives, whether or not we worry. Without being greedy for aging aging comes in its own time tan yo greed and worry are mental processes based on from the buddhist point of view seeing things the way they're not right if we see things the way they aren't then we're seeing it wrong what happens well we can is greed Physical part of it there 's a flavor that can get a like a hunger for something desire is so strong it actually messes with your metabolism. Worry is an emotion which is a mental process that registers in the body. You can be so worried you tremble right you shiver you get the shakes because you 're so so upset you 're so worried and yet. It's just a view. It's a way of seeing things. So the bodhisattva rids himself, herself, of tan tanyo, gets rid of the standard worldly greed and worry. It's coming anyway. So, now this I would propose is another testimony to why we say Buddha Dharma is I'm going to say a religion. Buddha Dharma is a teaching for adults. And by adults, I don't mean age necessarily, but it includes, I mean, if you're 25, you can still be an adult. Even if you're 24, we'll give you a year. year 23-year-olds, forget it. You're still, no, kidding. This kind of maturity that's required here has nothing to do with chronological age. And I know lots of 50-year-olds who are children who are adolescents or certainly immature. This is a teaching for mature folks who are willing to look at it the way it is. But boy, the sutra itself says, diligently, courageously sees things the way they are. All right, got it. So that's himself, herself, looking in the mirror, looking at your body when you're sick, um, there's two more. Two more. Guan wai shen shun shen guan qin yong nian shi chu shi tan He looks closely at the world around him. He invokes the contemplation of the body, diligently and courageously faces the truth, and rids himself of the standard worldly greed and concern. So... one of the best lists that that we have um, is something called the Sī Nian Chu, the four places of mindfulness. The four, sometimes they're called the four divine abodes. There are various names for these four. And... each one is a safe place that's why they're called dwellings or abodes places to live what are they? I'll give you the list this is one of the greatest lists going because they're liberating these ways of looking you contemplate the body You contemplate feelings, you contemplate thoughts, and you contemplate dharmas. The first one, this, the Chinese goes, Guan Shen Bu Guan Xin Fa, wo. The Bodhisattva lives in these. He contemplates, I'll just give you the translation, and I'll just give it to you, and then we'll work with it. He contemplates how the body is not pure. She contemplates how feelings all lead to cool. Dissatisfaction, that's the dukkha word, suffering sometimes, dissatisfaction. Feelings lead to dissatisfaction. Contemplates, number three, how thoughts don't last. Thoughts are transient. And four, contemplates how all dharmas are not self. And that's that word is chosen carefully. So not self. So body impure. Feelings cool. Unsatisfying. Thoughts transient. Dharmas not self. 四年初, the four places of mindfulness, the four divine abodes, some people call them. This list is there in the Theravada teachings from the Pali. It's there in the Mahayana teachings. The Tibetan tradition does it too. This is one of the standard, really good, lovely Buddhist lists. Kani? Can you explain all no self? I will. Not self. Not no self. Not self. No. Okay? Coming up. But you've got to wait for the first three before I get there. Okay. Otherwise, I get scolded by my teacher for jumping the list. Okay. Um, the standard way of looking at these, and this is a real Buddha Dharma, okay, this is a real teaching, it's one of the lists. Notice, Bodhisattva started out on his study of the Dharma, which he, she connects with, this is how he's going to help the people who he cares about, who he sees are suffering, because they're still attached to things. Back there. Now, the learning has begun. It's a contemplation, you look at things this way. It's another way of looking. You change your eyes. It's a guan, it's looking with the mind. Okay, you look with the mind. Bit by bit, you look with your eyes, but you start by looking with the mind. Guan shen pu jing. You look at how the body is impure. Now, that's not, mind you, we just did one, the body is impure, right? But this is specifically designed to get you to a place where you go, ooh, you know, I'm not really what I see in the mirror. What did, what did Master Shewen called it? The stinking skin bag, right? The stinking bag of skin, chopinam. <laughs> he says, that's a contemplation for Buddhist monastics who are trying to transform sexual desire. Trying to get to that strongly motivating libido, which is exactly what brought me into the world. Thank you very much. You know, nothing wrong with libido unless you are trying to put an end to birth and death. Then you look at it differently. So that's why I say this is, you got to be specific. If a layperson, especially young people, trying to make a family, trying to make good Buddhist children, says, you know, dear, I love you, but your body is a stinking bag of skin. You know, she's got. Let's see, let's go get baptized and be Christians. I don't want to hear any more of this stinking bag of skin stuff. Get out of here, you know. So, different teachings for different potentials. When you say the body is impure, it's not that impure, not that way of talking about it. What is it? The bodhisattva looks at the body and says, earth, air, fire, and water, which themselves are transient, right? You look at earth, and you start to analyze it, and my golly, you've got all these crawling things, all this much space in a handful of topsoil. There's rocks, there's vegetable matter, there's all the elements and, you know, microorganisms, incredible... Micro, you know, the, uh, what are they, I I cheat. I wish I had it. I had the whole list of things in a square inch of earth. All of the their interesting names. Um, Creatures that are the most numerous life form on the planet, but they're too small to see with the naked eye. You know, I've forgotten their name. It's a name, I had to look it up because it was such a funny, anyway. That's what the Bodhisattva means when he says, Bu Jing, means not essential, not reduced to its ultimate form. They're components. That's the earth part. It's the bones, the teeth, fingernails, the sinews, etc. Let's look at the liquid parts. Oh my goodness. Saliva and blood and mucus and tears. Pure? No. Component. It's reduced to essentials? Uh Uh-uh. Mixed up with all kinds of stuff right not immaculate not essential but multiple 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 all right three what else space is not pure there's filled with all kinds of things kqed is right here in my hand i don't have a radio to pick it up but it's right there right all the radio stations all of the infrared and ultraviolet and seti You know, when aliens decide to get in touch with us, it'll be right here, right in front of us. Pure, not. Mixed. And fire, the warm parts, all mixed. Changing constantly. Heat, warmth, cold. Right? So, guan shen bu jing, looking at the body, it is not essential, not not something that has been reduced. It's all mixed up. You could say, contemplate the body is mixed up, and that'd be closer instead of bujing. The bodhisattva looks at that, and what happens? Bit by bit, his view of what this is starts to change. Why? Because he hates it? Because he wants to get rid of it? No, not. Because he wants to see it as it is. So that when the time comes, he or she won't be quite so tied to it. Because it's going to change. It ages, it goes away, it gets sick, it comes back. That is the story forever and forever and forever. It ages, it gets sick, it goes away, and it comes back. Based on what we do when we're in its form. So, Bodhisattva looks at it and goes, Whoa, why am I so attached to something that's Transient going to change right before my eyes. Two, okay, guan shou, jie ku. This is a harder one to explain until you translate ku as unsatisfying. Because what it says word for word is he contemplates how feelings are suffering. That in itself is a contradiction. So you can't translate it that way. Why? Suffering is a feeling, and there are other feelings. Show. What is show? It's the... So if this is the body, earth, air, fire, and water, one of the first functions that the body has is registering contact. The eyes contact light and shadow. The ears contact sounds and silence. The nose, smells, the tongue, tastes. the body, sensations. The mind contacts dharmas. Jie ku means what? It means can't get them. I would love pleasure to stay. Wouldn't that be nice? How much of our lives is passed in trying to keep the good times here? and trying to get away from the bad times. Most. Most of our time is passed in running for pleasure, running from pain. Most. But we're normal. That's what people do. If you told me you were running away from pleasure and running towards pain, I would say, oops, I have a friend I'd like you to talk to. You can make an appointment. Right? So most of the time we run towards pleasure. Because it feels good. Right? So he, the bodhisattva, she contemplates how sensations or contact with the senses cannot be grabbed. It, unsatisfying. Can't get it. Everything comes and goes. Pleasure moves on too early, trouble leaves too slow. Says who? Joni Mitchell. You all knew that. Everything comes and goes. Pleasure moves on too early, trouble leaves too slow. Just when you think you've finally got it made, bad news comes knocking at your gate. Knocking for you, constant stranger. You're a brute, you're an angel, you can crawl, you can fly too. It comes down to you. Joni Mitchell didn't know she was writing a Buddhist song, did she? <laughs> so, how interesting. Cheku: All those sensations, all the things show, all the things that touch the sense organs don't hit the spot. You can't get them, it's always moving on. Luckily, if you understand that, you can help people out when the, the troubles come. Because why? They don't last either. You can encourage people who are who are hurting that way. This will pass. They can prove that themselves because it does. Bad times don't last either. But mostly we cl- want the good stuff and want to get rid of the bad stuff so it seems... When you have a toothache, every second is
1: boom, boom, boom.
0: Right? And the good times seem to just leak away somehow. So that's the Bodhisattva's description. And when you say it that way, everybody goes, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's not that, sufferings are, that feelings are suffering. That's a really lame translation of guan shou jie What do you do? The bodhisattva contemplates, show jeku, all those sensations are unsatisfying, can't be grabbed, don't hit the spot. And what do you do? You let go a little bit. Don't have to force them to be one way or the other. You see them as they are, which is what? In motion. In motion. And if you look a little further, you go, wow, the thing that actually feels those sensations is also in motion. How could I ever have thought that it was supposed to be fun all the time? Who makes good use of that one? Advertising does. Oh boy. If it hurts, you're a loser. Buy our product and you can be a winner. Right? You go, I don't believe that anymore. It's not my experience. Okay. Three. Number three. Guan Xin Wu Chang. Okay. This is not, this is the, I'm giving you a list, right? This is not in the text, but it helps the text. What is it? Thoughts are impermanent. That one is one of the easiest to experience the Buddha said, this is a place where you can nian. This is called the si Shu. the four applications of mindfulness, the four things to look at. These are secure refuges. You will be safe if you adopt these. As soon as we make these our own way of seeing, we're home. We talked about home last time. Where do I live? If you are secure in your understanding that the body is not Essentially, one thing, it's a composite body. If you contemplate, if you see the world as sensations, never, you can never grab them. They're moving. If you contemplate how thoughts are transient, you are safe in those because this is essential truth. What is it? Thoughts move on. By golly. The thoughts you had before you came in the room tonight were different than the thoughts you have right now. The thoughts you have right this minute will be different in a a blink. Just wait. Now, the application of that observation is really, really helpful. Where do you see these? In meditation. These are really fine places to apply your mind when you meditate. Although, not that I'm recommending that you need to think about things when you meditate unless you are contemplating these, but they will really work. You sit there and you go, yeah, I'm experiencing anger. Anger is rising. Anger has gone. Huh, look at that. Surprise is rising. Surprise is gone. I'm contemplating the absence of anger and surprise. That contemplation is gone. You know, You can really see thoughts... Rising, falling. Rising, falling. Right? Somebody was asking me earlier tonight about meditation. What's the next step after counting your breath? What's the next step after relaxing your body? Well, there it is. You watch, you observe. Rising of thoughts, falling of thoughts. That's the third place of Mindfulness. Application of mindfulness. Thoughts are impermanent. That in itself is really liberating. Okay. What about deeper thoughts? Like prejudices. Like what we call perspectives. The things we learned. Did they go? Wouldn't that be nice? Can you teach a racist... To be inclusive, can you teach someone who is attached to guns to be attached to life instead? Would't it be nice? Well, Xin Wu Chang says thoughts are impermanent, why not Jerry? Are thoughts the same as feelings? feelings. feelings. Do, you, do I contemplate thoughts and do I contemplate feelings are? You different? Okay. If you Jerry's question was, are thoughts different than feelings? If you we contemplated a minute ago we contemplated feelings. Show, So what about thoughts? What's different? Somebody who is alert will recognize That when we talk about the skandhas, the five skandhas, the five heaps, the five components, there's a crossover here. What are the five skandhas? It's another list. The components of the personality describe the Buddha's description of what people are. He says people are these. Body, feelings, thoughts, three for three. Formations, which is deeper kinds of thoughts, and consciousness. Those are the five skandhas. The first three are identical, right? Let's, in, to answer Jerry's question, let's look at the five heaps, the five skandhas, the five components. The coarsest one is the body. That's earth, air, fire, and water. We just talked about it. If you go, let, let's say you're contemplating inwardly, although there's no real direction here. But if you go into the body, what do you get? You could say the next level is a function. It's feelings. Feelings have two aspects. One is sensation. What is sensation? You're sitting on the floor right now or on a chair. That's a sensation. The pressure of the floor or the chair seat on your bottom, right? The air is slightly chilly. It was warmer because we had the heater on when you came in. now it's starting to cool up. So temperature is, and some of you are like choked up that. Sensation, temperature. What about the sensation of ice cream? I don't want anyone to think of strawberry ice cream now. Do not think of strawberry ice cream. You know, that kind of pink-flavored, cool, gelling, chilling, that one? Don't think that. Okay? Some of you go... Ah. Salivate, you know, <laughs> strawberry ice cream. I don't like strawberry. Rocky Road. Don't think of Rocky Road ice cream. And, you know, the chips and the mushroom marshmallow. Yeah. Don't. So it's like uh, sensation. Taste. Sometimes smell. Those are sensation. There's a second side to feelings, second skanda, which is what? Emotions. If I, Jerry, if I ask you, are emotions feelings or thoughts? If you thought about it, probably quickly you'd say both. Why? <coughs> Fear is a thought, but it registers in the body. Joy is a thought, but it registers in the body. You can jump for joy. You can be so happy you can't sit still. Kids on Christmas, right? Fear can make your teeth chatter. But when you see what it is, it's no longer afraid of It's only that. The light comes on, it's just a stick in the rope. In the road, it wasn't a snake after all. It's just a piece of rope. In the dark, I thought it was a snake. Aha. No fear. Feelings are half and half. Half thoughts, half body. When you get to thoughts, there's no body. It's all mind. That's how they're different. Okay? So, emotions. What are the, the qi qing? she nu yu. i o u they're called the seven emotions she happiness Nu anger i grief fear i love wo, hate yu, desire she i i the seven emotions they have a physical component they have a mental component you don 't it 's rare to have fear that 's only mental anxiety is probably one of those terror You can, you know, anger. Man, when you get angry, your face turns black or green or white or red. Right? Maybe all all at once, all the above. So that's anger. It's got body and mind. So the answer, Jerry, is feelings are half thoughts, half physical sensations. The second one of the contemplations and the second skanda has two parts. Physical sensations and mental phenomena mental actions. Does that work? Make sense? When you get to thoughts, number three, the body isn't related. What are thoughts? Thoughts are, hmm, I wonder when lunch is. Hmm, interesting. The world didn't come to an end last night. Hmm. Hmm. We still have a couple hours left. Okay. I'll worry about it tomorrow. You know. So, that's a thought. It's not necessarily related to the body. Okay. So, the third one, Guan Xin Wuchang. That's really, really helpful. And it also is humbling because you realize there are thoughts that are not just random images passing the mind. When you get to thoughts that are deeply held beliefs, those are harder to change. And they can be super inconsistent we look at a murderer and we say you killed someone that's against the law as a result we're going to kill you right death penalty there are people who absolutely believe and you see the families who say I won't be satisfied until that justice is done I want him to pay and it's the rare family of a victim who when that person finally dies in the on the gurney goes i'm deeply deeply satisfied now mostly it's i'm totally conflicted i have no idea whether i'm liberated now just as revenge is not so sweet Right? Why? Because we're in the realm of thoughts and you realize death is not the answer even for justice. Very complicated, huh? Very complicated layers of thoughts. Not one thought, but multiple, multiple thoughts in conflict. How do we work that out? The answer is wisdom. Listening to your heart. So, what's the fourth? Now, a minute ago, Several minutes ago, Connie asked about the fourth one. Guanfa Wu, this is deep. The bodhisattva contemplates, looks at, sees, looks with his mind how dharmas are not self. Um, if I were to try to satisfy everybody with that one, until we talked it to the end, we wouldn't we wouldn't go home tonight. That's a deep one, because clearly. You know, here's a dharma. Is that cup? Well, it's lid. Is that intrinsically lid? What is it about this that is forever and forever lid? You say nothing. As soon as you shatter it, right, it's crockery, it's former sand, earth that was fired and glazed, put into a shape. It's more a function than anything else, it's a cup lid. Once you break it, it's no longer a lid. It's different, huh? So, that's the uh, dharmas. All dharmas are that way. There is no intrinsic self in dharmas. They are not self. Um, If anything, dharmas are a name. Right? Lid. If you you could turn this over and it could be a holder, right? Flip it over and it can, be a, it can even be a cup itself. So the names, contemplate the names. This is a very interesting contemplation. All right. Those are... The Bodhisattva looks at the world around him. He invokes the contemplation of the body, diligently and courageously faces the truth and rids himself of the standard worldly greed and concern. All right? How are we doing? Okay. Some of us have to get to Ukiah tomorrow because of the Amitabha session. So we're going to finish a little early tonight. It's important that we don't forget um, what happened at Sandy Hook, as painful as it is. Something happened there that may change things. We'll see. Um, If habit is any indication, there won't be much change. We'll see. Uh, The president put the vice president. Joe Biden on the task force and his duty is to report before january is up and i deeply respect the vice president and find him a man you can trust so maybe something will happen one of the things that has to change before any change will happen is people's minds have to change and there's a reason why dictators and tyrants fear poets more than they fear generals. If you want to, uh, if you want to lead, mislead a country, first thing you have to do is silence the poets, silence the songwriters, and the journalists and the newspaper editors. There's a man named Vance Gilbert who is one of our poets and a songwriter and he put the situation in a song that is unforgettable and I believe that his um, his song will last longer than any impassioned statement because we're used to statements and we have the other side. Statements can be countered by statements and Proofs can be counted by proofs. And the people who hold the, the view that guns are necessary hold those views deeply. Um, so how do you change those thoughts? You have to go around them, go under them, go behind them, go inside them. Give people something that they believe in more. And this song is one of them. Big Girl World Heading out the front door There goes daddy's little girl Lipstick, earrings Anything at all That a young girl needs When her best friends call One day she'll forgive me For making her stay at home One day she'll understand When she has kids of her own With fire in her eyes She says What gives you the right? I got 26 reasons To keep you home tonight 26 shots Ringing in someone's ears 26 breakfast tables With 26 empty chairs 26 bullets Bagged as evidence 26 headstones that don't make sense 26 hearses, 26 graves, 26 preachers reading 26 names 26 angels reaching for the
1: sky
0: 26 reasons only God knows why only Buddha knows why Top of her lungs Every name in the book She says You got no excuse For wrecking my night So I threw my arms around her And I held her tight You might hate me for a while For keeping you from leaving But 26 angels say You're staying home this evening 26 told Was wearing 26 tags, 26 zippers on 26 bags, 26 dreams that will never come true, 26 brand new stars in a black sky turning blue, 26 first kisses that'll never get kissed, 26 last dances that will never exist. Twenty-six faces never see the spring's light Twenty-six ears never hear a whispered good night Twenty-six reasons Twenty-six reasons Gilbert wrote that and I, uh, I wrote to him and asked if uh, he would give me permission to sing it and I asked, well, I asked him for uh, some corrections on the words that I had and uh, he said uh, oh by all means sing it loud he said and, uh, and I said how do you get to that line 26 angels say you're staying home this evening and not choke up Because every time I rehearsed it, I got, I choked up. I couldn't, I had tears in my eyes. He said, oh man, he said, we had to record it 26 times before we could get one take without choking up on it. So, um, Vance uh, writes, he teaches songwriting. He was at the Swannanoa gathering when I was there. I got to know him. And he wrote this uh, two days after the, the shooting happened on Friday he had it on YouTube on Sunday and it's on my blog if you want to hear Vance Stewart, go to Dharma Forest and uh, if you can't find Dharma Forest go to Berkeley Buddhist Monastery that'll take you to Dharma Forest and you can watch Vance do it. Um, why is this a wonderful song he there's craft in the song he starts out with something different but something we can relate to which is a dad and his daughter the daughter's got a night out planned she comes downstairs all dressed up for the big girl world holding up the, holding, heading out the front door there goes daddy's little girl lipstick, earrings, anything at all that a young girl needs when her best friends call one day, says the dad she'll forgive me for making her stay at home one day she'll understand when she has kids of her own. But now, with fire in her eyes, she says, what gives you the right? Dad says, I got 26 reasons for keeping you home tonight. Referring to the 26 people who were shot at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, last Friday. Then, so there's the situation. You see that, you think, oh, wow, yeah, okay. Okay. But suddenly the song takes a turn. And what helps a song go home? Concrete images. That's what Vance teaches. First of all, you give people something that they recognize. A domestic situation. But then you give images that happen in your brain as you hear the song. What is it? 26 shots ringing in someone's ears. That's as concrete as it gets. Number two... 26 breakfast tables, 26 empty chairs. Can relate? You think right away, 9-11. 26 bullets bagged as evidence. 26 headstones that don't make sense. So it's an image of death. 26 hearses, 26 graves, 26 preachers reading 26 names. The repetition of 26 is Vance's skill. The song's called 26 Reasons, right? And it goes in. 26 angels reaching for the sky. 26 reasons, only God knows why. Well, maybe even God doesn't know why. Cause and effect. So it's like that's the strength of the song, those images. Then back to the story. Back to the story. What is it? There stands a little girl with a big girl's plans, furious as a hurricane, a mean old man. Beautiful images that rhyme, mind you. He's a skillful writer. Stamping her feet, giving me dirty looks, screaming at the top of her voice every name in the book. You got no right. You have no excuse for wrecking my night. Turn. Turn. So I threw my arms around her and I held her tight. You might hate me for a while for keeping you from leaving but 26 angels say you're staying home this evening. Right? The parents' response to the reality that there are people out there with weapons to kill you if they decide to. Back to the images. He doesn't let you go. He says, what? 26 toes wearing 26 tags. 26 zippers on 26 body bags. 26 dreams that will never come true. 26 new stars in a black sky turning blue. What a powerful line, right? Just um, He makes it happen and you go, oh. 26 first kisses that will never get kissed. 26 last dances that don't exist. Tugging right at the heart, right? This is American images. The prom, the dance. These kids won't grow up. 26 faces never see springtime's light. 26 ears never hear a whispered goodnight. And at that point, you go, (laughs) right? The songwriter the poets are more dangerous than the generals. Because you can fight back an army, but you cannot defend yourself against what happens in your mind when you hear the truth coming from a skillful image maker. Beautiful song. 26 reasons. So I recommend, please do. My blog would appreciate a visit. Go to Dharma Forest and listen to Vance Gilbert sing it himself. And if you have a blog and you want to forward it or put it on Twitter, go right ahead. Because more, the more people hear this song, the more minds will change. And we have genuinely crazy people out there who love their guns more than they love life. And that's fine if they believe that way, but when those guns kill you, suddenly it's not, it's more than a belief. So, okay, there we go. <laughs> if you want wisdom in the world, sometimes you have to ask Enchanted trees.
2: What should we do, Woody? <laughs> uh, you'll have to pardon me. I, I talk kind of slow. People have told me that I shouldn't speak in public because my delivery is kind of wooden <laughs> That's a tree joke uh, 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 uh. you know your laughter is going to uh, 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 heartfelt uh, I would suggest that um, if more of you would imitate trees and root yourselves and meditate you might do better that's real wisdom i like that yeah that's correct can you meditate like a tree you might survive (laughs) there we go (laughs) meanwhile uh a little less forestry would do better all right cut down fewer trees if you don't mind i'm related there we go. I like your mushroom. There
0: we are. Thank you very much. A little bit of tree wisdom. That's good. Who else is here tonight? This is uh, not Ayravana, the elephant that, that Samantabhadra rides on. This is Ayravana's mother. <laughs> There's a female. She's... Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Uh, what advice would you have for us uh, well, most of all for these are americans
2: aren 't they? Yes, they are mm-hmm. so, well um, I hope that you don 't associate me with republicans uh, that's <laughs> that 's important, uh, or rather better yet. If you could tell the Republicans to associate more with me, it's just the Republicans have somehow left left their party behind,
1: <laughs>
2: and it's not a tea party anymore. It's no fun. The tea party was full of mad hatters, you remember that's right. oh uh essentially, what I wanted to say was,
0: uh be kind to each other, uh you know, think of elephants, our feet we here with our feet, right,
2: those. They're very sensitive, and they, they can hear, you know, people coming up, and actually we can tell with our feet your emotions. That's true. So uh, if you could be more like elephants, you'd probably do better. Uh, don't wait every four years to be a better Republican. Be good Republicans now. Yeah, that's right. So, Treat each other better. Be kind to each other.
0: And uh, if any of you know a good orthodontist, let me know because I uh, have some tooth issues, but that's okay. Thank you very much. Good. Appreciate that. All elephants need good orthodontists. Appreciate it. Good. Words of wisdom. Okay. um, Now, we had a request tonight for um, Samantha Bhadra's verse of exhortation. And uh, could you... We don't need them. There's... uh, There's a, something in our our yellow book, our yellow ceremony book. The yellow ceremony book has a... The end of every day for a monastic ends with... The uh, verse by Samantha Badra called It Goes
1: Shi Gwoming E Sui and
0: Lu Like that, you know. And um, we've been waiting for a good English translation. And I've had one for a while, but we've never put it, put it out for public consumption. So um, I'll, I'll preview it for you, and we'll see if we can if people like it, it. All these ceremonies are done by approval. Right? It goes like this. This day is already over Our lives are that much less Like fish in
1: evaporating water What joy is there in this Ah, Great assembly
0: Be mindful of impermanence, as if your life were at stake. Be mindful of impermanence, something like that, and take care never to be lax. Aumitofo. See, how does it go? Uh, Be, oh, be ever diligent. There it goes. That's the word. So, great assembly, be
1: ever diligent. As if your life were at stake, be mindful of impermanence and take care. Never
0: to be lax. Omitofo. Oh, like that. That's how. Um, that's how we end. We need that. That's how we end every day in the monastery. Um, this day is already over. Our lives are that much less, like fish in evaporating water. What joy is there in this? Think about that. That's a real contemplation. If you. Um, look at your, the first breath that we take when we come out of Mother's womb is our the clock is ticking. That's the start of the end, the first day of our, of our the first moment of our breath. The number of breaths we will take is numbered. And uh, the image that comes in the verse is like fish in an evaporating pond. If the fish is there knowing that the water's drying out, there's going to be a time when the fish... No longer, not enough water to sustain his life, and it's dead. So the verse goes on to say, "Great assembly, be diligent. It's the, the verse says, Toran," as if your head were on fire, but that's a funny that's too strong, So we went as if your life were at stake. Be mindful of impermanence. That's the lesson of our sutra tonight. Take care never to relax all me, So that's how it goes. This day is already over. Our lives are that much less. Like fish in evaporating water. What joy is there in this? Great assembly be ever diligent. Let the money be mindful of the economy. I mean I be as if your life were a stake. Oh me tofo, that's how it goes. <laughs> How'd you like it? Think it'll work? Uh, as if, be ever diligent, as if your life were at stake. There we go. Be ever diligent, as if your life were at stake. Be mindful of impermanence and take care never to be lax. Oh me tofo, like that. So that's the New English verse, Samantha Bhadra's verse of exhortation. That's really helpful if you realize how quickly life is passing. But you notice, guess what? We're still here, everybody. It's nine ten. We got another two hours and 40 minutes before the prophets and soothsayers are proven wrong. Sadly enough, including Ching Kong, who should know better. How sad. Yeah. We have a Buddhist monk in our community who made a big deal about the sun going dark for three months. Well, he got some explaining to do. Either that or he should be quiet. Option two is a real good one. Just be quiet. Those words he spoke and put his. Worth behind work would have been better unspoken. In this case, less is more. Jing Kong, shame on you. Qi Shi Hai shi. embarrassing. He leaves it for the rest of the Buddhists to pick up the pick up the pieces. Right. What joy does he get out of being a doomsday prophet, especially a foolish doomsday prophet? He's a fool. And he makes all the Buddhism suffer as a result. I saw the newspaper right there, one side of the front page of the Xin Sheng Huo Bao, says, Jing Kung San Wu Taiang. On the right hand side was a Taoist. The Taoist said, What eh, I looked at the charts, there's no problem, nothing different. There you go. In the end, I think it's he's the one who loses face. So maybe he can go off and collect art and treasures and be an, an Australian and kick back. So on the back, uh, you have a songbook in front of you, and on the last page, you have. Um, Dedication of Merit. The last of the funerals was held today in Newtown. The, I think the, one, the thing to transfer to is not to end the suffering of those who have lost loved ones, but transfer merit to the minds of those people who may yet prevail. So that Guns and violence remain our number one icon, idol. Okay, the last page. Make a wish, please.